Hey there, welcome to this Real Life Church podcast. Uh, Thanks for joining us again. If you've been uh, with us, uh, we're making our way through the New City Catechism. There are 52 questions and answers with scripture in the New City Catechism. And this is a helpful tool that uh, will be a resource for us to learn or relearn or be more firmly grounded in the the doctrines of the Christian faith. Of course, um, every faithful Christian would say that um, what they believe is derived from Scripture, and so we're not we're not we don't look at a catechism as something that's on par with Scripture, but rather a resource that helps to encapsulate what the Scripture teaches on a whole range of um, biblical truth. So that's why we're using the New City Catechism as a church. Uh, it's a way for us to really seek to grow together. Um, and say with a unified voice, as it were, this is what we believe. This is what we believe about God and about his law and about his word and about the gospel and a whole range of biblical truths. Uh, So we're going through this this catechism here this year. And uh, we've covered the first 14 questions. We're going to look at question 15 today. Question 15 is this. Since no one can keep the law... What is its purpose? And the answer is that we may know the holy nature and will of God and the sinful nature and disobedience of our hearts and thus our need of a savior. The law also teaches and exhorts us to live a life worthy of our savior. That's the end of the answer. So even though no one can keep the law perfectly. That's what we covered in question 14. Uh, it's still important. And that's kind of an understatement. It's not just important. Uh, in Romans 7, Paul actually says the law is holy and righteous and good. And that's important to remember. The, the law is holy and righteous and good because it's God's law. And God is holy and righteous and good. Psalm 119 Um, over and over again, praises and rejoices in the law. Psalm 119 verse 92 says, If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. So the psalmist, something it's David who wrote Psalm 119, uh, loved the law. He he said he delighted in the law. And he says things like that over and over again in Psalm 119. So the answer to the question, since, there, since no one can keep the law, what is its purpose? Well, our answer gives us three good uses or purposes of the law. The first is that we may know the holy nature and character and will of God. Our greatest need is to know God, period. That's our greatest need. And we never in this life, and quite frankly for all eternity, will exhaust or know perfectly the God that we worship. And so this is a ever-continuing process of growing in the knowledge of God. A.W. Tozier um, said something like, what comes to mind when you think of God is the most important thing about you. And that is very true. So without the law, we have a truncated view of God. The law shows us what God is like. In the first table of the law, or uh, commandments one through four of the Ten Commandments, um, it shows us the nature of God by revealing what he requires of us in relation to him. 
in the second table of the law, or commands 5 through 10, uh, God shows us his nature, his, his, his will, um, what he's like by revealing what he requires of us in relation to others or inter- in relation to other people or other image bearers of God. God is holy and righteous and good, and thus his law is holy, righteous, and good. The second purpose of the law that our answer gives us is to show us the sinful nature of our disobedience and thus our need of a savior. I mean, think about it. When we honestly assess how we measure up to God's law, just take the Ten Commandments, even on our best days, we realize how woefully far we fall short. Now, some might say, well, yeah, but you know, I've, I haven't killed anyone. I haven't committed adultery and so forth. But then, of course, we need to remember the words of Christ in the Sermon on the Mount where he really gets to the heart of the law and how our outward acts come from a heart that's wicked, that's evil, that, that uh, devises and has uh, evil things and has evil motives and desires. And so we, um, in our hearts, we fall short every single day. Paul said that nobody can be accepted uh, by God through law keeping because the law is meant to show us our sinfulness. Think about that. The law is meant or supposed to show us our sinfulness. This is God's intention for the law or purpose for the law. In Galatians, Paul likens the law to a schoolmaster or some translations say a tutor to drive us to Christ or to lead us to Christ. The law teaches us that we're sinners and rebellious and in need of a savior. The law drives us to believe in and cherish and cling to Christ. And the third the third use or third purpose of the law that our answer gives us is to teach us and exhort us to live a life worthy of the sa- of our savior. The law is good to show us God's standards for holy living. Some have called the 10 commandments a rule for life. It's uh, it's a rule for living. Of course, not as a means to earn salvation, but as saved people with new hearts and the law of God written on our hearts, we we want to please God. And so we look to God's commands, God's law as as how we are to please him, how we're to, to love him and love our neighbor. This is often a forgotten element of the continuing importance of the law for believers. We take the words of Paul in Galatians when he says we're no longer under the law. He also says that in the book of Romans. And we assume, or some assume, that that means the command you shall not covet is optional. But of course it's not optional. We're not under the law in the sense that our obedience earns anything from God, right? We don't earn salvation. We don't merit anything from God. We, We cannot attain that. We don't obey perfectly. We're not under the law when it comes to our justification, in other words. We're justified through faith in Christ alone. But we are most certainly obligated to obey our Lord out of love for him and out of submission to his lordship. This is why James says it's it's the one who is the effectual doer of God's law who is blessed. Not, Not merely the one who hears or who can recite the law of God, but the one who does the law of God, the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and is an effectual doer. He is the one who is blessed in his doing. The scripture that goes with question 
15 is Romans 3.20, which says, For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight, since through the law comes knowledge of sin. So, of course, the scripture for question 15 really keys in on that second purpose we talked about. The law shows us our sinful nature, our disobedience, and thus our need for a savior. And that's so important. But we need to remember that the law also shows us the the holy nature and will of God and also teaches and exhorts us to live a life worthy of our Savior.